Join us as we cover many an insane movie and numerous cult TV phenomenons. Are you ready to get jacked up? Are you with us? Then listen on. Well, to start with, I'm going to say that I think Willem Dafoe really is uh, a painfully underrated actor. You know, yeah, he's a character actor and he specializes in the crazy characters. But, uh, you know, when he's good, he actually is really, really very good. And that leads me to what I think is probably his best and one of his earliest was uh, Mississippi Burning with Gene Hackman. You know, surprisingly uh, relevant topic to our times, I suppose. But he just played that character so well, this idealistic but still tough young FBI agent and wise before his years in a way you know he's he's already seen a lot but uh i think as a comic book and sci-fi nerd i'd just be remiss if i did not say that he was perfect as the green goblin in spider-man i mean let's be honest the man looks like a goblin so he had that going for him but just i, I can't think of anyone else who could have done that character as well as he did for William Defoe, i've always found him to be a very underrated actor Starring in plenty of films that I enjoyed to the very end, including ones like Clear, you know, Clear Present Danger, the very underrated White Sands for the most part, Mississippi Burning, Off Limits, his roles in Norman Osborne and Spider Man, John Carter, even roles like Aquaman, and even the very malign Speed 2, which he manages to make that his own for the most part. He's always been one that, anytime he's in the movie, I'm usually curious to watch. Even if the movie's very bad. Hi, I'm Carrie Harden. I'm the host of You Talk Funny, a podcast about acting and accents and general bits about your voice. I'm a dialect coach. I help actors learn different accents and just generally how to use their voices more effectively in performances. So I finally broke down and watched The Lighthouse, starring Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And, well, I wasn't avoiding it, exactly. Not on purpose, anyway. It's just, you know, it's been a busy year. And to be honest, I sort of assumed this film would be good, but very tiring. But I had a student recommend it to me, and then I did eventually sit down and watch it. I'm happy to say that I was wrong and I found it in no way tedious. It was by no means an easy watch, but it was fascinating and funny and surprisingly tightly paced for a film about quiet and solitude. And so much of what I love about watching Willem Dafoe is on display in this movie. He's got an old school character actory type approach in general, focusing on physical changes and letting them affect his performance. And it really shines here. Director Robert Eggers and his brother Max, who wrote the script together, 
they drew on a lot of sources for this story, but I think it's especially telling how they took a lot of the dialogue directly from places like Herman Melville and Robert Louis Stevenson. And Defoe uses this dialogue as his touchstone, creating an accent that's mostly based on the West Country, or what you'd most likely think of a classic pirate voice. I actually have an episode that focuses just on this, if you'd like to hear more about why we associate the southwest of England with pirates. But Willem Dafoe's use of it is especially great here. I mean, he's never been one to shy away from big choices, but he manages to ground this voice in reality. Well, as much reality as this film will let him get away with anyway. Because not only does he avoid sounding like some cartoon version of a pirate, but he manages to mix this iconic and recognizable accent with a lot of intonations of a classic downeaster Maine accent and even just a hint of something a little like those little islands in the Outer Banks in the Carolinas, creating a sound that's intriguingly hard to place except that it definitely belongs next to the ocean somewhere. Another thing that is probably affecting his performance is the use of false teeth, which reminds me of his work in David Lynch's Wild at Heart, where, again, we see this powder keg type of character, and we see Defoe physically working around those prosthetic teeth, and instead of letting that hinder or distract him, he lets it inform his performance. I think it's great, and honestly, nobody wails on some heightened language quite like Willem Dafoe, so yeah, go ahead and give it a watch, and don't be like me and wait another year for no reason. Greetings and salutations. My name is Roy Buckingham, and I am one of the co-hosts of the podcast Cult Cinema Catacombs, These Films Exist. I am here today to wax poetic, basically, on the man, the myth, the legend, William Dafoe. Uh, to say William Defoe is a favorite actor of mine is very, very putting it lightly. Um, <laughs> the first time I actually remember noticing William Defoe is in the film Platoon. And his performance in that movie as an impressionable, t like, I guess, I, God, how old was I when that film came out? I, I guess I was just becoming a teenager. And I was just learning about the Vietnam War at that point. And the film just knocked me out of my socks. And one of the reasons was because of Willem Dafoe's performance. And then I realized after seeing this movie that there was another film that I saw with him in that I was familiar with as well, but not a lot of other people were familiar with because the film bombed hardcore. And that was the film Streets of Fire. He played the villain in that film. Well, I remember after watching Platoon thinking to myself, okay, this uh, ugly mofo, <laughs> uh, I'm going to have to pay attention to this guy because he's a good actor. And you know, he kept showing up in other movies like Born of the Fourth of July and just again was just making a massive impression on me. And every time that I see him in a performance, I'm thrilled. I'm honestly Shock the Man has not really received more acting accolades than he has because he is a great actor. 
uh, I mean, some of the roles that he's played that I absolutely love uh, are in the films To Live and Die in L.A., where he played the counterfeiter. Um, of course, Platoon. Um, I have a very soft spot for his performance <laughs> in The Boondock Saints. Uh, always cracks me up just watching him just overact in that movie. I also absolutely loved him in um, The Lighthouse, which I really am shocked he didn't get an Oscar nomination for. That The, the lobster freak-out scene alone was just absolutely incredible work. And then, of course, there's Spider-Man. I... Uh, <laughs> the joke is that he didn't need to wear the Green Goblin mask because he's already got a spooky face, but I thought he was perfect for that role. I mean, the 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 scene where he is talking with himself in the mirror, just perfect, <laughs> chef's kiss. Uh, the weird thing that I have with Willem Dafoe, though, and I guess this kind of ties in with how... <laughs> much I think he's a great actor hey, this man can just transform any role into something extremely memorable so I kind of started goofing around and started photoshopping his face on people where his face shouldn't be and it kind of became an addiction in fact my Christmas card for 2019 was this old 19 early 1960s uh, publicity shot of a woman dressed up in a form-fitting Christmas outfit to be like one of Santa's elves and you know just putting a star on top of the tree but I replaced her grinning face with the grinning face of Willem Dafoe and <laughs> people responded by saying what's wrong with you at the same, but at the same time thought it was hilarious and ever since then I've just had an absolute blast just putting his face where it shouldn't be and there's times where it just works a little too well uh, some of the cases his face in the place of uh, Heath Ledger's for the Joker that works a little too well it also worked a little too well <laughs> for Marilyn Monroe in Gentlemen Prefer Blondes so, again, versatile actor. Very, very versatile actor. But, yeah, in all, in, in all honesty, I, yeah, Willem Dafoe, I think, is an absolutely great actor, and I'll, I'll watch anything that the man is in. And I just wanted to come on here and share my, my two bits on why I think uh, Willem Dafoe is one of the best actors around. We'll return after these messages. Hey, feeling down? Feeling low? Not enough podcasts about movies in your life? Why not try... They must be destroyed on sight! The new Podcast Cure-All, sure to get you right with the world and on a path to better living. We have exploitation, we have Italian horror, we have zombies, we have slashers, we have crime films, we have spaghetti westerns, we even have sci-fi and sex comedies. So take a dose of... They must be destroyed on sight! As needed, and let the hosts, Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest host, Cure What Ails Ya. Warning, may cause atrophy, African consumption, black fever, bone shave, chin puff, colic, cramp colic, dropsy of the brain, elephantitis, grocer's itch, jaundice, mania, miasma, mortification, palsy, pox disease, rheumatism, scurvy, St. Anthony's fire, summer complaint, and worm fit in some people. Consult a physician before listening. 
Hey, I heard you like movies. I heard you like to hustle. I heard you like podcasts. Well, guess what? There's a podcast for you out there called The Home Video Hustle. Damn right. Every Friday, we talk about whatever movie PJ picks out the bag. What does that mean? Every Wednesday on our YouTube page, I put a bunch of movies in a bag and PJ picks one out at random. And then we just watch it. We talk about it for maybe like an hour, hour and a half, two hours. Whatever we feel like doing, wherever the conversation leads us. But do we actually talk about the movie? Most of the time. Ah. Tangents galore. Yes. So believe me, we may be a movie podcast, but it's not always about movies. We might talk about video games. Mm-hmm. Music. music. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the big one, music. Uh, sometimes we might get a little bit of politicalness in there. Yes. Sometimes we may just, oh, we know what we like to do. We like to tell stories, PJ. Ah, yes. I am the master storyteller yes. of the podcast realm. <laughs> Undefeated. So if you like to hear about movies, video games, whatever foolishness comes to our mind, the most random stuff you can think of, check out the Home Video Hustle. You can find us on the Stitchers, yes. the Google Play, yes. Apple Podcasts, what else? Podbean, what else? Podcast Addict, goddamn, all that. Ain't no reason you can't get your hustle on. We everywhere, worldwide, baby. Hustle, motherfucking hustle. Hey, we can't cuss in the promo, PJ. Ah, we gotta be family friendly. There may be podcasts out there that don't want his hair to say, ah, 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 good fun stuff. <laughs> well, <laughs> you. Yeah. <laughs> No, don't, don't run the listeners away, Peach. Ah, I'm sorry. But this is going kind of long. Yes. So we'll end this and say, hey, check out the Home Video Hustle every Friday on all the various podcast outlets. Peace. Peace. As far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. And while Witch didn't make it to the top of the world, he did make the Gangs of Hollywood podcast. So join the gang and enjoy a movie review podcast about movie gangs, gangsters, mobsters, and the mayhem they cause. You can find GOH Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at GOHpod at www.gohpod.com as well as your favorite podcast listening app. And remember, say hello to your little friend for me. If you take two old punk rockers who are past their prime, put them in front of a movie screen and give them a podcast, what do you get? Cinema punks. Cinepunks. It's the mixtape of movies. Did you ever see a film at such a young age it left you traumatized with cinematic wounds? Uh, necrophilia. Uh, uh, uh. It's a dead issue, man. Don't don't push it. Cinema PsyOps is a weekly podcast documenting an ongoing experiment on the mind of an unwilling test subject. No one should have to watch this movie. Oh, no one should have to watch this. No one should have to watch this movie. Surprisingly, it's not a topic that a lot of people really want to tackle. I'm shocked, Prudes. I know, really. Right? It's the next sexual frontier that no one wants to explore. 
I am, in the most sincerest of senses, disappointed in you. It takes a powerful goddess like Connie jam her arm down the monster's throat and kill it. Oh, I'm still tripping out over that. Even as a kid, I was like, I gotta find a girl like that. Every week, I, I get a new look of disappointment that I never thought I could it's get out of it. unimaginable. At 12 years old, you should not be watching this movie. Obviously. At 13, you should not be. 14, you should be. I'm not entirely sure even 17-year-olds should be watching this Just because you're offended by something doesn't mean that you have the right to demand that it doesn't exist. Watching this film again, I had all of this like little nerd glee with everything Dude, that kept little history up. doll yeah, popping up absolutely. at you. So I totally loved this film. Hey, I know why you you know couldn't see that. It's because your brain's warped from watching this shit at 12 years old. Yeah, this is this is a rough movie. I told you ahead of time when we were getting ready to do it that it was. How be did a rough you watch movie. this shit at 12? Because physical wounds heal, cinematic ones don't. Listen to Cinema Sion. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late-night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get. It's late, it's time, let's check our cue, baby. Pair it with a couple brews, baby. We love good movies. We love the bad ones, too. So we watch them all and pass their lessons on to you. Oh, yeah. Everything I learned from movies Helps to make life a little bit groovy With a one last plot holes of gratuitous movies It's time to get busy With your friend Stephen Izzy At eilfm.podbean.com Welcome to Who Was She Podcast. I'm your host, Tara Jabari. After a decade working in documentaries, marketing, and all things digital media, I found that podcasting is a strong medium to share stories. After years of producing for others, I decided to start my own biographical podcast. Who Was She? will focus on the life of a woman throughout Baha'i history. The first season is about Lydia Zeminoff. Lydia's story explores the subjects of the power of language and faith. Her father invented the universal language Esperanto, and she came from a Jewish family and became a Baha'i. She grew up during World War I and was killed during World War II in a concentration camp, despite heroic efforts to save her life. How can one person's life intersect with so many others? connect across borders, and inspire a biography which inspired this podcast. Over the next few weeks, I will share her story with you and the lives that were most affected by her and those who affected her life as well. They include her father, Ludwig Semenov, her spiritual mother, American journalist Martha Root, and the Baha'i German soldier Fritz Mako, who worked for the resistance undercover while having to serve the Nazi party. 
I want to thank the author Wendy Heller and George Ronald Publishing for their blessing to let me use Heller's biography, Lydia, the life of Lydia Zemanoff, daughter of Esperanto, as a main and instrumental resource for this podcast. So please subscribe and learn about this amazing woman who traveled through three continents in an effort to bring unity through the power of language. You can also find more information on our Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest at Who Was She Podcast. Music was composed and performed by Sam Red. I am your host, Tara Jabari. Join us next time as we begin our journey about Lydia Zemanoff. Hi, everybody. It's Mac Jackson. I wanted to invite you to a new site called the Forever Adventure Network. This website has everything. Pictures, videos, blogs. There's original music by Harmony Constant. Two podcasts. One is the MacGyver podcast, where we celebrate Richard Dean Anderson, his iconic roles, and how it's influenced our lives. There's episode discussions, interviews, and life conversations. The second podcast is the Never Gets Old podcast, where we celebrate all the best things that we love in life, from TV, movies, music, and comics. The site is also the home for the MacGyver SG-1 audio series, an ongoing adventure series that continues the adventures of MacGyver and SG-1. There are also multiple stores to choose from for all of your pop culture and adventure needs. Come on by and check us out today. And thanks for joining the adventure. Are you sick of the same old stale podcasts? Well, then join Vanessa and Darren as they dissect movies of all kinds. The two lifelong cinema lovers bring their favorites, curiosities, and first-time watches to the operating table and inject them with a healthy dose of snark. Then there's the waiting room, where they examine books and short stories. So just look for them on Apple Podcasts and where fine podcasts are available. They're part of the Legion Podcast Network. Follow them on Twitter at VD Clinic Pod. Join them on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash VD Clinic Pod. Or email them at vdclinicpod at gmail.com. They're ready to cure what ails you. <laughs> and still, they just might be a little contagious. We now continue with our program. Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a jacked up.